Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat, and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA, the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and today's episode is the second part of the two-part series with Karen Calcano on as a guest. So if you haven't already caught the first part of the series, definitely go back and take a listen to last week's episode because it really is such an amazing and important episode where we dived into so many important topics as both PAs and healthcare professionals. She shared her amazing journey from working as a vet tech to getting into PA school as a first gen and the struggles that she faced with that as well. She also gives excellent advice on burnout. And we start the episode today picking up right where we left off with her talking about burnout. So right back to the show to continue our wonderful conversation. In part of your burnout recovery to, you know, try to help with that a little bit, you've been able to take a sabbatical. Do you feel like that that is something that most PAs can and should do at some point? And what do you feel like the logistics of some of that is? Yes. So listen, the sabbatical was a thing that I needed to do for myself. So when gauging, when you're like in the, in that burnout, like I want everyone to also understand that when you start to ask yourself and kind of like delve into your needs, you need some, some people think that burnout recovery is something that needs to happen while you're still working. You need to have like, imagine this, somebody that doesn't have time, like, and all of a sudden they think that the the way to recover from burnout is by dedicating more time that you don't have into quote unquote recovery. Sure. Like, so Sometimes that works for people. What I found is that it almost never works for people. It's difficult to recover from burnout while you're still doing the exact same things that got you there. So I highly recommend that you ask yourself, do I need to just unlock some bandwidth to be able to do more of the things that I want to do, whether it be rest, recovery, whatever, or do I need a hard stop? This is an important question because I needed a hard mm-hmm. stop because I was, I was trying to recover from burnout, keeping up in the same pattern, probably for two years wow. before that. I kid you not. And that's how I became like for actually more than that. Cause I mean, I was a yoga te- I became a yoga teacher because I was like, all right, like, let me teach some yoga and thing. But the truth is that that didn't help me at all because guess what I was doing when I was teaching yoga, I was serving other people and not sure. myself. Like everybody thinks that you're teaching yoga and you're getting so much out. No, it's for people. Like I, so then that was one of the things that had to go. As much as I love teaching yoga and my students, I wanted to be selfish. I want to be a student of yoga. I want to show up to some place 
and have somebody worry about the music and the Bluetooth connection and planning a class, making sure it's intelligent, saying like, like Dharma talk and, and, and inspiring people. And it's a lot of things that go into play, which is wonderful when you have the bandwidth to do it. But I was not in a place that I did. So that had to go. Um, and I taught yoga. I mean, I taught like four classes a week for probably like, I don't know, maybe like four wow, or five years. That's a lot. And yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Like, isn't that insane? Yeah, I don't know how you did all of that. And then you probably don't I, even know how you did all I, that. No, it was, I'm telling you, it's a, the experience is, the pattern is the same as the PA school thing. Like I blacked, like what the f- was I doing? Like why? You know, yeah. <laughs> it was so unnecessary. But anyways, so ask yourself whether you need a hard stop. And for me, I needed a hard stop. So here's where it gets interesting and what this has to do with your money, because it's very important. Money is life energy. I believe that to a tenth of the the book, your money or your life says that every dollar you earn is six minutes of your life. So I took that into consideration. So when I started to dismantle the systems that got me to where I, 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 I got to, I didn't have any bandwidth. So I need a hard stop to be able to even begin to dismantle these systems. Okay. And the money situation, once I decided that I needed the hard stop and it forced me to look at my money, I actually realized that after like seven months of this, my husband and I, from being intentional with with our money, we were able to drop our eating out bill almost by 80%. We were able to pay off credit card debt. We bought two cars cash. Now, one of them was $2,000. Don't think that it's like fancy cars. Okay. And we were able to take a vacation. So we did all these things just by shifting our priorities and paying more attention to the energy leaks that were happening in our budget. Come to find out my husband, like his whole gazingas pin which a gazingas pin is something that everybody has them some people go to the mall and they see something and they have to buy it i'm not a mall person but we all have our gazingas pins right right something that you see that you can't not buy and for me one of my gazingas pins was educational material and online courses i am listen i see an online course or something that i want to learn and i'm like i don't even i don't even scroll through the sign up page i'm just like where the hell do i sign like where do i like hit me that button like because I always like want to invest. So that's my Gazingas pin. Also, my Gazingas pin is plant stuff. Like I, like you can see, I have a bunch of, <laughs> this is just one of my plant shelves. <laughs> uh, I love indoor plants and that's like one of my hobbies. Um, and my husband's Gazingas pin was that he likes to trade in the stock market. Okay. But when we look at the numbers and what it was actually costing us, because again, we were high earners and we really didn't have to ever worry about paying our bills. It squeaks by unnoticed. It really does. So what ended up happening was that we were able to do all these things, buy our cars, like, like completely shift out of everything, got rid of our leases and emergency fund padded and do all these things on one mm-hmm. income. It's amazing. One income. It was shocking. I was like, what the hell have we been doing for so long? So eventually when I returned to work, I decided to take an employed position. So then all of a sudden our, our, our finances were automated to such a point that I, we didn't need a second income. So my income was basically the, the sure. saving and it was going towards like, I was saving for, to do a lump sum payment on my um, student loans. And guess what happened after I returned to work, my husband was extremely mm-hmm. burned out and I said, Hey, it's time for your sabbatical. And then he w- took a nice. sabbatical and 
so it, it was incredible. I mean, that job ended up being really toxic and terrible. And I ended up walking away from it four months later. And then all of a sudden, both of us were in sabbatical and coasting sure. because we were prepared. Like, yes, some of that money that if I would have continued working, it would have still gone towards my student loans. But now it padded our emergency fund to do what we wanted to do, which was just be on sabbatical together. So all of a sudden he's on sabbatical. I'm taking now a second quote unquote sabbatical, but not really because I'm, I don't, I have energy now. Like I kind of like use this time to be more intently focused on course creation and content creation and doing all that and blogging full time and really seeing like giving it my like all for the first time ever. It's always just kind of been like a side thing. Um, and it's been really, really wonderful for us. Like my husband just recently went back to work, like within the past couple of weeks and we're good. Our emergency funds really like hasn't really changed that much as far as our bottom line goes, still have some money to be able to make a lump sum. And, you know, this is something that can be accessible to everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean like PAs because it like, you, I've worked with clients, private clients that are the sole breadwinners of their house and they make about a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I've helped them tweak their budgets to where they could take the time off and every, everything in my journey is on the blog. There is a way that you yeah. can do it. It just requires, you know, budgeting and, and certain other things and tweaking yeah. things. And, um, for us, it was important to like, while like, He's been completely on sabbatical, but we've been doing stuff like to help us prolong the life of our emergency fund. Like for instance, offer up my, my husband, I call it, I call it move inventory. I was like, have you moved any inventory today? And he goes into the garage and he takes pictures of stuff and he is moving inventory. So in, in essence, like, yeah, technically he's not working in the traditional sense, but he's moving inventory. He's moving inventory. He's helping me with, with my business. He's taking over the yard instead of having to pay some, somebody for it. So in essence, like you, you, there's things that you can do to kind of like play exactly. with these numbers. And for me, I'm working per diem. At, oh my God. I've never loved my job as a awesome. PA more. I'm working per diem three to four times a month. Every time I walk into the hospital, I am a ray of That's sunshine awesome. helping everybody. Don't worry. I, look, I know you have a lot of patience. Let me do this. For, like, love it love it i'm the person that is probably coming in and sitting down and talking to patients for way longer than than i've ever done in my entire life because now i have the bandwidth and the time it's a beautiful thing i also obviously did blogging and i make some money off of that so like there's things that, that yeah. you can do but the emergency fund is really important and setting that up like is important and yeah it's it's totally doable guys like you think it's not and it totally is and the sacrifices that you make like are not as as hard as you think like i we don't like we haven't cut out like our coffee like starbucks if we wanted like there you can work all those things that you find important to you into your yeah. budget like if your thing is shoes you can have Same. a shoe budget i'll tell you what i'll tell you what's part of my budget that you probably laugh i have a duck fund guys <laughs> you know what a duck i fund don't is? <laughs> no no one does no one does no one knows what a duck fund is except for me and my husband. So there's Muscovy ducks in our neighborhood and Muscovy ducks, for those of you that don't know in Florida are considered an invasive okay. species, even though they really came here with the Spaniards and they've been here longer than everybody, Interesting. But whatever. So essentially if they get hurt, 
and you take them somewhere like the wildlife, whatever, what any government, like they'll put them down immediately because they're considered invasive. But here's the thing, the Muscovy ducks in our neighborhood, like it's an urban area. Like sometimes they get run over. Sometimes like they get injured. And every year I find myself rescuing a bunch of ducks and then having to pay for them to go to the vet. Cause at the vet, they'll take them if you pay for it, but who's going to pay for strange sure. ducks? Only me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I have the awareness of like, I keep track of like the mamas and they're like really part of like, I, I think that they're part of our community. And then I have a, a my, one of my neighbors is a veterinarian just lives across the road and her and I are, you know, like kind of like taking care of the ducks. And there's a few other neighbors that care about them. And there's other neighbors that hate them and, and want death, death to them. So I was spending time and money on the ducks every year. It would piss the out of my husband because every time he came home and there was an injured duck in our bathroom or in our garage, he already knew that I needed his help to get the <laughs> duck into a crate to take him to the, to the animal emergency. One year I even had him made up like a, all these like orphan ducks, like the mom was injured and we, whatever. The, there were 18 baby ducks and I, I had him create like a whole, like we lived in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Like just to give you that, like had created like a whole little fenced in area. Like it was crazy. So now I'm like, look, I look at how much money we spend on ducks every year. And he gets mad at me. It would be a point of contention between us because it was always unforeseen, always, you know, he came, comes home tired from work and all of a sudden there's these ducks and I have to basically running a duck ICU, giving medicine around the clock, like back to being a vet tech. And he got pissed off. And now I'm like, look, duck stuff is going to happen. Duck stuff <laughs> will happen. And if like, I don't go out looking for duck to happen, but if an injured duck comes in my driveway i'm not letting it suffer and that has happened i had literally come home to an injured duck on my driveway and like i've had to take care of it so um and if you follow me on instagram for a while you know about the duck stories you've seen them like it's a whole thing um so now we have a duck there you go and now like when there is a duck issue happening i don't get any lip about it like i can go to my heart's desire to (laughs) to take care of ducks because that's what blows my hair back like that's what i care about and for some people, you know, it might be other things. It, like, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be something physical. It can be something superficial. But if, if you get something out of it, just you can plan yeah. for it. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Out. It's so important to really prioritize and really think deeply what you truly value in life and spend on those things. And then the things that don't care as much, like cars, for example, I'm with you on that one. Got rid of the lease, got a cheap car to drive, and yeah. then I can spend my money on other things that I care more about. So I think that's wonderful. Yes. The best thing ever. You know how great it is? Like, uh, listen, I got a car at 22 years old. I didn't know how to drive because I had nobody teaching me. I was in Florida all through college with no car. I didn't end up getting a car until I graduated from undergrad, got my license at 22 years old. And the first car that I got, just so we can talk about like the differences with the car thing. The first car I got was a Saturn SL1. I called it Sylvia because she was silver, but also I called her my Tupperware on wheels because Saturns are literally right? plastic. I think they even had a demonstration <laughs> where somebody jumped on the door and it like would like con- get concave and then pop back out. It literally is a Tupperware on wheels. And I couldn't afford to, to pay any down payment. So you know what I did? At 22 years old, I put $600 on a credit card that I could never afford to get the car. Mm. That was a necessary move at the time. But looking back, I'm like, what the F? Like, so as you can imagine, you know what happened? I got in trouble because I couldn't make the payment. 
like the interest rate superseded the payments that I was making or a thought that I was responsible and it became a nightmare, which only made my credit worse. So by the time I got to PA school and I was applying for those, I was like, uh, no and hell yeah. no. Like you never paid this medical bill and now your credit's all jacked up and it's just the cost of doing business, right? Um, as a first generation, but, and then, so I always had a car payment. And then when I had a, when I had a business, I could put my lease on the business as a way to like, as an yeah. expenditure. But it was a ridiculous like lease. I had a BMW, and it was I listen to this day. I, I I love those cars, and I and I like driving nice cars for my own because it's it's nice. But I've never not had a car payment until the past couple of years, and it's been life changing. Like you don't know what it is. like. It's yeah. amazing. Like never going back. Like cars are just for sure, waste. for sure. Yeah, now I have a Prius, and I literally love that thing probably more than I ever did any BMW. Or nice. Ever That's awesome. So. Yeah. I, I encourage all the listeners mm-hmm. to really evaluate your car situation and think if it's really bringing you tons of joy if you drive a fancy or fast car. But if it's not, then just dial back and you can, it'll be amazing how much money you'll save every month for sure. And I'm really looking forward to talking about your services and course and things like that that you offer. But before we do that, you have an amazing blog and I will definitely link into the show notes. But one of the articles that you had recently was how to be radically more productive. And I really thought that that was an awesome one because I think that constantly having the feeling like there are never enough hours in the day is unfortunately so common for so many PAs, whether or not they are business owners as well as PAs. So what advice can you share on how to be more productive and focused to accomplish our projects and to-do lists that we have as PAs? Yeah, so this this t- topic is also near and dear to my heart because on top of everything else, I'm ADD, ADHD. <laughs> so, and you would never know it. No one that knows me will ever assume that I'm neurodivergent in that way. And it really is a superpower. I really do believe. Like, it's a superpower that I have because I'm able to see things differently. Um, but the truth is that the reason that probably a lot of people don't notice that I have it is because I've just, like kind of like develop systems that help me work with it and not sure. against it. Right. So for PAs, it's, it's, it's the first thing that I would say is you have to understand the things that are finite in your life, the things that are finite resources. And there are certain things that are finite. Focus is absolutely finite. Energy is absolutely finite. You think you're going to have energy to do all these things just because you put them down on a piece of paper and that's your to-do list and and that's just what you have to do. No, your energy is... Willpower is a finite, like, resource. Time is a finite Mm -hmm. resource. So, in essence, being a steward, a ruthless steward of these four things is exceedingly important. If you're a person that wants to increase your productivity and happiness and time. So for me, it looked like working way less than I thought I would, but with a lot more focus. And how I do that is that I use timers a lot in what I do because that's, you know, as part of ADHD, we suffer with a thing called time blindness, which is that I literally have no awareness of how much time goes by or how long something will take me. And it, again, it's a, it's been a point of contention all my life because I tell my husband, Hey, uh, he's like, we're going to dinner, like start getting ready now. It's like, Oh no, I got plenty of time. And then he's right every single time. So I have to like, 
Yeah, and then he will get mad at me. Like, what What part of, like, we were leaving at this time, weren't you? And this is something that I, when I tell you that I've struggled with that my entire life, and I didn't realize until, like, I diagnosed myself with ADD that this was a thing. Um, and I said, oh, my God, that's me. Like, I literally, why is it that I never have any awareness of time? That's one. So the timers are very important in keeping me on track. And the second thing is that I love to do is that I love to work in 90 minute sure. blocks. Now, it's hard to do that when you're in patient mm -hmm. care or in surgery, for instance. Um, but I would highly recommend setting yourself up as much as you can, even if it's in your personal life and maybe not at work, that the brain works optimally. There have been several studies. Again, I like the science. I like the metrics. I like to see what works what doesn't work and, and you know, like experiments and like lifestyle design, like what's going to work. So this is something that I've worked magically for me. So 90 minute blocks, I set a timer and then 20 minutes off, 90 minutes in 20 minutes out. And so during the workday, especially working from home, I typically do three to four sure. blocks a day and all time. And it is hard. Let me tell you, because uh, another part of ADD is hyper focus, which probably is, if I'm interested in something, it's like a dog with a bone. Like if you interrupt me, I'm like, <laughs> like, Leave me alone. like I gotta finish this. Like it's really hard to break my focus if I'm interested in something. And unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, I've set up my life to where pretty much almost everything I do, I'm interested in like a lot. Okay. So it's hard to break myself away. I struggle with putting stuff down and breaking away sure. still probably once every couple of days i'm ignoring that timer and be like oh no, no I, I gotta finish it and i gotta catch myself but i really do think that it helps a lot and the 20 minute breaks for brain efficiency and the next thing is um I, there's all of the the things that i use are on my blog explained like to detail exactly what i do for product theory but the other thing that i do is that i i like project planning tools and i like the kanban board i like the scrum method so essentially it's a method of productivity that project managers use on a large scale, either to develop apps and bring them to market, or even like in the car industry, like Toyota um, has really had like a, like a life-changing process of making things happen. And so check those out. Um, I like the project planning tools a lot. So when I have to do something, a to-do list doesn't help me if it's not focused. Um, a to-do list is just kind of like, doing random things that have nothing to do with each other. So it forces you to batch activities, which are much helpful for your brain. You get more done. If you batch similar activities all in one sitting, and I'll give you a great example with laundry, like my laundry process. And again, this is the neurodivergent in me. There's a standard, there's an SOP, a standard operating procedures for the laundry <laughs> that I have written out <laughs> for my husband because it drives me nuts when he doesn't do things just so, right? So the standard operating procedure is important. But the laundry, for instance, like I used to wash the laundry, dry the laundry, fold the laundry, put away the laundry, sure. right? So that's, the, the, and then I was finding myself when you have to do multiple loads, you know, it's just too many things at once. So I just wash all of that now, I fold all that now and then it gets put away all at once and the, i'm telling you the feeling you're even if you're doing the same thing right it's the same thing you're doing but the feeling is so much more liberating and faster because i don't have to do it all at once like i have to like so it just like it's more of a efficient efficiency yeah. thing so batching is is really great also for that um 
and and rest rest is really important like i have my my life is set up in a way now to where for yes there's some days that i might work late or whatever but for the most part i don't really work on fridays or at least i'm not working in the traditional sense meaning like i don't take meetings on fridays i don't like schedule anything on fridays like fridays are a couple of hours to admin finances whatever back end and then that's it and then i'm off for the rest of the day so usually on fridays i take a yoga class in the morning and then i go have a fancy like you know little uh, smoothie at the organic place and i kind of like go look at plants at home depot or wherever else and i have like this little thing that i like to do um and and i have to have the rest worked in so most of my days end at three or four o'clock that's it okay no more no less because i know that at that time like is my wind down process again ADD. I'm very activated when I'm doing things and I want to get things done. I'm, I'm achievement driven. I am results driven. So once I tap into something that is starting to get me where I want to go, it's like you said, like that dopamine thing. Like I just want to keep going. It, it's really hard to uh, come down from that. So I want everybody also to realize the amount of time that it comes to wind yourself down at night. So then the importance of startup and shutdown rituals. Like I have those very much in place to where I do something in the morning that gives me energy to do. And then when I'm done, I need like a lot of time to wind down, like hours. Sure. I'm saying like I have to like meander for like an hour or two if I'm really activated, take some like calm the f down tea, like <laughs> with some herbs. And like start this whole process and to everybody it looks different, but I encourage you to kind of like consider having a startup ritual and a shutdown yeah. ritual in place. And I, I talk more about that. Yeah, on my that's blog awesome. Well. So speaking of your blog, can you please share for the listeners the name of your blog, how they can find that? And then also please share your courses, your services and anything like that that you offer for the listeners. Oh, sure. So. Um, my blog is www.scalpelandheart.com, just written out like the whole thing and um, the services that I offer. So primarily I'm doing private coaching right now. So my focus is high achieving women in medicine that look like need and want successful work life integration meaning somebody I'm, I'm my own target audience, right? So <laughs> my whole thing is I want to talk to other people that have felt the way I do and guide them out of that. And I love just connecting with people on that level. And what I do is that I, I sit with them. We meet about once a week in the private coaching and we do a life overhaul, meaning I look at the finances, we tune them up, you know, we create bandwidth. We, learn how to maintain bandwidth, shifting patterns, rewiring, you know, your patterns of self-sacrifice or whatever it is that may be. And then that's it. It's creating bandwidth and then maintaining bandwidth and then knowing what to do when things change. So my whole thing is I like to have you set in your own, to find your own patterns and your own things so that you don't need me ever again. Like that's my goal because I'm the kind of person that I don't want to have to pay a coach for the rest of my life and, and then be dependent on somebody. I, I'm very much a type of person that given the right tools and resources, I like to take them and run. And those are the kind of clients that I pick because obviously like you have to apply <laughs> for it because it has to match. We have to match yep. energies because again, energy leaks everywhere. I'm not working with just anybody. I want to only work with people that I know hundred percent. I can get them the results totally. that they want. That's one. And then the next thing that um, I offer is that I offer a course for pre-PA students in writing their personal statements for PA school. 
So that's something that I, I do. I launch once a year right now. It's not open, but I do have a, it's, it'll be opening shortly. So if you, you can find all that information on my blog, scalplandheart.com. If you happen to be a pre-PA or anything like that, um, there's a lot of resources there for you, either for surgery, which I have obviously special insight into the world of surgery, or if you want to know how to shadow and, or if you need help with your personal statement, those are the kind of the things that, that I have on there. So that's about it for now, but in the future, there's going to be way more. There's going to be a couple of things that I have in the works having to do with money and tools that I might launch. There's going to be maybe another course work-life integration course down the line, maybe a podcast. I'm not saying yay or nay <laughs> nice. yet, but these are things that are in the fire. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing what all those projects for you look like in the future because I think that any of them are going to be absolutely wonderful resources for everyone out there. So looking forward to seeing what the future beholds. Thank you, Kat. That means so yeah. much. Thank you. And then can you please share where listeners can connect with you. So like your social media, whatever other information that you would like to let them know. So how they can get in touch with you. Oh, sure. So I spent most of my time on Instagram. That's like this, the space. Um, so my Instagram handle is at K Calcano. Very easy. It's just the first letter of my first name and, and my last name. Um, and then you can email me if you have any questions or anything like that. Karen at scalpel and is where I live. So those two places are where I live. I'm also on Pinterest and I'm also on TikTok, but way less so. Um, so the one, it's kind of hard to be in all places at once. But um, yeah, Instagram and you can email me any point in time. And please let me know how I can support you on your journey towards, you know, being the highest version of yourself. I think it's important. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for taking the time out of your day and sharing all of these wonderful little bits of gold that you have shared with the listeners today. I think that they are going to get so much value out of today's episode. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor. Thank you, Kat. I love what you're doing. I love, love, love this whole thing. And again, like I can't wait for your course. I'm going to be the first <laughs> one in line to buy it, as you know, because Zinga's been, I just know that everything you're going to have to share is going to be so gold. And especially because it applies directly. Oh, thanks, Karen. PA, money, <laughs> I'm in, like seriously. Right, right. Yeah, totally. I haven't started the course yet, but thanks for pointing that out, Karen, that I am hoping to create a course for PA that by way. So thank you for that too. Right, so that concludes the two-part series with Karen Calcano, and she was such a gracious and awesome guest to have on. I really, truly enjoyed our conversation, and I really hope that all of you listeners out there got value from the content that we talked about and came away with some tools that you can use to try to help you throughout your career as well. I'm definitely going to include as many of the resources that I can in the show notes for today's episode. But as she mentioned, she has a ton of resources over on her blog at scalpelandheart.com. So definitely check out her website too. She also pointed out at the end, and I kind of have to laugh because I haven't told any of you guys about it yet, but I'm planning on creating and launching a course for PA the FIOA too, which I'm really excited for in the next few months. So I will be looking for beta clients to join the course, whether you are a new grad or have been practicing as a PA for several years, I'd be happy to open it to PA students as well, but I can certainly understand that you're quite busy in PA school. But if you have any interest in being a 
part of creating the course with me, definitely reach out. You can send me a message on Instagram or through the private Facebook group, or you can also send me an email at kat, K-A-T, at P-A-F-I-Way.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, definitely make sure that you subscribe or leave a written review on the platform that you are listening to this on about what you enjoyed about the show. And more importantly, consider sharing this episode as well as the last episode with any friends or classmates or colleagues that you feel as though would find it interesting and informative too. I really think that the topics that were discussed with Karen were super important, so definitely spread the word. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back next week. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.